0: This podcast is brought to you by FormKeep, form endpoints for designers and developers. No iframes, JavaScript embeds, or CSS overrides. Try out our sandbox mode before you buy at formkeep.com.
1: We've got to, of course, disagree about the temperature, like the degrees. Are we using
0: Celsius or Fahrenheit? Uh, we're going to use Calvins. I'm just saying that to be difficult it feels good i think that's all i need to to say i guess it's starting to get hot here oh really so are we talking yeah. high 80s friday it's supposed to be 104 what
1: fahrenheit well of course i said high 80s i'm talking fahrenheit i'm not talking celsius <laughs> i'm being a gentleman and i'm talking <laughs> your language so i don't think Dude, it would be 100 100 is insane <laughs> i just I just did the translation to celsius, and i it didn't even occur to me like how bad it is, so how have you been? I've been pretty good. How about you? Oh I've been super it's been a while, busy huh yeah it's been it's been a while yeah, so there is something I want to talk about today because I just been thinking a lot about but before we get to any topics. Was it your birthday this month? Nope. Really? I had the impression that it's your birthday. Nope.
0: September. Shit. I'm no, sorry, <laughs> I, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I wow. are we gonna sing okay. happy birthday to the, me in September September? Well, I guess I'm gonna say it now. Happy birthday, Kyle. Is and it for the last birthday or the next birthday? no for maybe for the last one actually i really like the idea i don't think i've said it maybe we should just like even in ui just like say nice things even if it's not the right like just be like hey send a notification hey happy birthday even if it's not right it's so annoying it's so
1: annoying actually (laughs) so when i'm creating accounts i usually leave it to like first of january so Every 1st of January, my mailbox is full of, like, happy birthday, like, emails and marketing stuff. It's not even my birthday. <laughs>
0: it's just my laziness. So... I feel like people should just be more random with that. Like, just whatever day it is, boom. <laughs> Doesn't, yeah. uh, like, I m- think MailChimp sort of does so- something like that, right? Like, if you log in, it's just like, oh, you look really good today. It's like, thanks. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about these features. That's good user experience. It's a delight, delight. That's what it is. <laughs> really? No, that's I don't a think layer so. of I think delight. Sometimes we
1: just light ourselves. Like we're not building a human. We're building something
0: that does a specific job. So right. So it's okay uh, yeah. for it to be mm. wrong. You look like you have a very fancy fridge. I think we skipped over is, the part where you told me that you were in your kitchen and I, I just noticed. I said that and you didn't just hear it. I said today I'm live from my kitchen. Did you so. record that? Thank you for praising my fridge. Yeah, it looks very nice.
1: Yeah, today I was running out of laces to record, so here I am. It <laughs> should be all right. What was your topic? I just want to rant about like things, right? That's the point of
0: this podcast. I want to rant about color today. Should I go downstairs and get get a beer and, like, kick back and relax while you rant? No, uh, no, you don't have to do that. This
1: has to be, like, a two-way rant, you know? Like, I, I rant and you say, yeah, right, right. You're right. Okay. I, I, got, you got, I gotta support well. my argument. You just don't, like, contradict me, okay? Like, whatever I say, yeah. I'm right. Okay. No, no, but in all seriousness, so the thing I was working on, we had, like, defined a, you know, like, colors, but... The colors that we had, I just realized after a while that actually they were not looking right on the iOS device. So when I looked, yeah, I just realized we were using the wrong values. And then like, I've been thinking about this for a while, but it's crazy, like how color is complicated. And in most cases, people just say like, yeah, whatever, like just give me RGB and and I'm done. But that's not how simple it is. You know, like, I'm not sure a lot of people share this frustration I have with the state of things.
0: How colors render. rendered? State
1: of color. Well, specifically, not how it's rendered, but more like, you know, like, when you pick a color in Sketch, Sketch gives you, like, three RGB values, right? Like, first, Sketch doesn't tell you what those values are. It's just like, here are some three values that represent this color. And to know what they are, you have to go to their FAQ. And I'm not actually even sure if they have it on the FAQ. You, you just have to figure it out by yourself that these are some values. I think it's generic RGB. The thing is, there is no way to know, like, okay, what is this? What Like, if you just copy colors straight from, from Sketch and put them into your uh, iOS app, then they don't look right. And the reason is iOS uses sRGB. And when you get them from sketch you get them the values that you see in the color picker are not srgb so there is a mismatch and if you don't correct it then the colors end up looking wrong on your device but is it like do people care about this stuff or i'm just like running out of things to to care about so (laughs) (laughs) i
0: I don't know i don't (laughs) but i think like the reason for me is like i'm so used to designing for the web that I've personally like given up on trying to be perfect with those, like any kind of design. <laughs> Honestly, like color or how types render, or, like <laughs> there's so much oh my God. control. You just surrender. It is like I'm giving up that I'm just like, as long he as it's, like, Kyle. that's what we call it close that. to what I tried to do originally. Like I'm really happy. Because like there's so many layers of translation for, for specifically for the web, but even for iOS, like the web, you're going through different operating systems and different browsers and how they're rendering, and like different screens and how they're rendering it. Like I know the, the permutations are, are a lot less on iOS, but it's still like
1: You can't be saying this guy, you can't be saying this. I, I don't allow it. Let me remind you something. You remember when we were working on the edX, product? well, before it was called edX, we had a red banner. I do remember that one. Remember how much trouble that red ba- like banner gave us between browsers? Like, it looked, in a way, in Chrome, totally different way in Firefox, and
0: totally different red in Safari. And then I went, and I don't know if you were still on the project when I did this, but I went and did testing with colorblind people, and they called it Brown, and then they showed me and I was like, oh yes, that does. Like they gave me a screen emulator. Cause at, this is we're talking probably like what five years ago? They they have awesome apps now that like will emulate colorblindness. But like going from Chrome to Safari to Firefox and then looking at those on IE and then going and seeing it emulated as a you know colorblindness different variations of that i was just like oh i think that was one of the points of like yeah i really have like a little bit of control of how people are going to see this but that's kind of it <laughs> well that's true i mean of course you
1: never have 100 percent control of how people will see anything and then there's the screens and then there's like the operating system and like a lot of things but i feel like there's too much like People are just surrendering like you, like, you know what? It's messed. So I won't even bother figuring out what's wrong. It's like, it's probably a, like something looks like red, maybe or not. I don't care. And sure, it's it's valid. I, I think that attitude is okay. I mean, you can't, <laughs> you can't force people to care about something if they don't. But I don't like it when it's coming from the people who make the tools to work with these things. The thing is like a lot of the tools we use nowadays, they try to hide this complexity by pretending it doesn't exist. So when you use the tool, like, ah sure, of course, this is great, everything is fine. And then of course later you realize, all right, none of this is actually right. But I just feel like of course like people should have the choice to care or not. But I think even the tools nowadays we use, because the people who make them don't care, so they end up actually not giving you the tools if you want to care. And I actually, I think I am also like, I'm part of this too, you know, like in chromatic, for instance, I never really, I just turned all colors into generic RGB and then showed them, but that was myself two or three years ago today. And I think I'm planning to fix that in a later version is that I want to be more accurate, like which color space is this and sorry, color profile and well both space and profile and like get things right. So that at least someone who wants to understand the problem, they can actually understand it. And the thing is, you know, like depending on the colors, the effect could be from negligible to actually really jarring. So in this case, it was an uh, orange and on device, it looks almost brownish. It lost a lot of the vibrancy it had on on the Mac or like a generic RGB. So when we loaded this on the device, it just looked really bad. So that one I had to fix. So of course, like if it's, you know, a dark, like, Color or like the blue, you might not even like care much, but like purples, reds, oranges, all the warm colors, they suffer a lot more from this than uh, the rest. Greens, too, sometimes. And I I got this book by Craig Hockenberry. It's called, I think, Color Management. It's really good, actually. I think every like designer or should actually. It's a short book. It's published with a, a book apart, but like it's like in this new series of like short books. And they have actually a couple about color. There's one for accessibility of color that I haven't finished reading. And there's this one. And I was just curious, like I'm not learning a ton of things from from the color management book, but I was just curious how it's presented and how, and I think it's really good. It's like the way it summarizes different things is great. So I'll put the links on the show notes. But yeah, sometimes like you want to have the tools to understand what's
0: wrong. Yeah, I think some of that is just, the tooling in general is, is kind of bad for doing product design. Right. That's not, I had the same feeling. (laughs) like, Like, I don't want that to sound like an excuse, but I just think, like, in general, not just for color, but for a lot of our tools, the tooling, especially going from any kind of visual design editor to code, whether it be web or iOS or, or, mac or any kind of other native app like the tooling there is still to this day an issue that we face it is it is and actually this
1: topic it's very close to home for me i've been thinking a lot about this and i think what's missing is not really the tooling but like the chaining of tools like there's like a billion of tools out there but each one of them is trying to do one thing and they do it their own way and there's like no way to say well I want to go from this step to this step to this step using all these tools like there's no like you make something in sketch and okay you can export images and you can copy some css properties but that's pretty much it you have to do a lot of the stuff separately again with like maybe sass on some other tool or some other framework so there's always like that like you know or like even colors for instance like you pick colors in a sketch file you have to manually either go through each one of them and export them and you can find a plugin maybe that exports the palette to you, but like for you, but like that palette is actually only for a specific use case, like an iPhone app, or then like you have to have six plugins for each one of the things you're building for, like an Android plugin and this plugin and that plugin. So it's just all broken into small pieces. So I I, I totally agree with what you just said. Now except just about the detail, like, thing I don't agree about is that the tooling is not there. It is there, but we end up with super, like, small tools that do one thing, and they have, they're have kind of cut off from the outside world. So you have to do the work of, like, okay, take it from here, I put it
0: here, and then I transform
1: yeah.
0: it. I, yeah, I think that's where the tools are failing us, is that we've, like, for so long, we have these tools that there's no streamlined process from going from one to the next to the next to the next you like in every single tool that you talked about like in the process we we start off with this visual design tool and then we jump into writing HTML and css and then it's another like there's no easy flow from one tool to the next and it, maybe this is just a pain point for me recently like when i design something in sketch And then I have to basically start all over again and design it in the web. And, like, (laughs) like something's so broken within that process. And, like, your answer could be, like, oh, Kyle, you should just design in the web. Or, like, maybe I've gotten to the point where I just, like, need someone else to take over the design. But, like, I don't want that. I don't like the process the way it is. Like, I don't like designing something in Sketch and then bringing it to the web. I know myself and my process, and I can't design the same way if I start off just writing HTML and CSS. And so, there's definitely a enormous benefit to those visual design tools like Sketch and Photoshop and whatever else is out there. And there's also a huge benefit for me to know how to implement them. I just hate that I have to basically start over.
1: But actually, I agree with you. I stopped jumping directly to HTML. I think that thing was a fad like we did it for a couple of years but i think it's now i always do stuff in sketch first at least like the first you know define the visual like style and then when i'm happy with it i start coding i just don't go like oh this is a blank page let's make some design that's a really bad approach we sort of convinced ourselves that it was good but i don't think so like in retrospect. respect
0: i think a lot of it depends on the problem and product or like what uh, i'm designing uh, like i really? noticed that for marketing can you, can sites you find me an example
1: where it's just good to go and start doing it straight like i don't i don't know I don't, yeah in well regardless in the web or
0: I, web. I think something that is going to be like i i still like building products the first version like a very wireframed out version in the web but you're like to answer your question, I think what you're getting at is like, I'm still doing visual design in sketch. And then like, I have a, like a prototype built in HTML and CSS. And then I stop basically adding to that and go and figure out what style I want. And then kind yeah. of come back to the HTML and CSS. And so there's this, still that like weird point where like I'm stopping writing code and jumping into sketch. And like I have this weird like typically it's like a weird pogo sticking where I'm like in sketch, I'm just focusing on one component within the site. So like the navigation or a card style, and then I'm jumping back into code and then jumping back into sketch. And like, there's something so broken about that. And like, (laughs) I've joked about it in the past and I think it's just like for me right now, it's come to a head, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Not only
1: it's broken, but also like, it's not something you can iterate on it. So say you've finished your visual design and you started coding it now when you want to make a small change you have to go back to the of course you can go straight to html and make it but then all of a sudden your sketch file is no longer up to date so maybe if you're doing a thing on your own as the only designer in the project that's fine but for instance like in, in in the company i work for now we have a design team a small one but still a design team and we all work on the same thing so If a sketch file is outdated, another designer will open it and will start to do some more work on it or, you know, like copy it and do some more work. But then, like, in reality, that's not what we have now live. It's another thing. So it's so broken because you have to do it in sketch first and then implement it. And then, of course, when you implement, you realize you made some bad decisions. So you actually fix them in the implementation but then you have to come back to sketch and fix them there as well and then the next iteration is the same and it's just so annoying i'm not sure what's the solution to it but i'm starting to think of something like there there must be a way for this to be solved so i'm i'm starting to just you know draw some some lines like okay what can i do here that could make my work easier and if it makes others job easier then that's great But it's i'm so early like in just you know taking a step back and seeing like where where this process is broken and and what can be done to solve it with the tools we have today i mean of course like you will have to do some extra work to fix the problem but without you know without like saying oh we're gonna reinvent everything here's a new app that does this for you and i think this approach is flawed because If you think that you're just going to come and just throw 20 years of progress to do something, sure, it might work, but it's not going to solve the problem that we have. It's just going to replace it with another problem. So you can say, oh, here's an app where you do visually stuff and behind what you do is actually HTML and CSS. But what if I want to do an iPhone app as well? So I need a separate app for that. So, and I want to share the same colors. So all of a sudden now I I need to use your app that does HTML and CSS and his app that does Swift. And I don't have anything in between that shares the fonts and colors. So again, we're back to square one. So yep. if the problem needs to be solved in a deeper level, like some sort of framework or something there needs to be something that app like the the crazy thing is that now a lot of websites a lot of web services have apis but apps don't and that's weird like why can't an app also have an api and, and of course like on mac OS, for instance like A lot of apps expose like Apple script functions, but nowadays, like download any popular app, they don't care about that stuff. So it's like people like uh, in the mode of like, nah, our tool is great and it does everything you need. You don't need anything else. And I think this mentality is not good for everyone. It's probably good for a certain number of people who use that software religiously, but not everyone does that.
0: So while you were talking, I remember seeing, I think the designer's name is John Gold at Airbnb, did like a plugin for Sketch and React. And I think he, ha- I haven't tried it out because it's React, React components to Sketch, like the, the he actually made that transition happen. Mm. But I haven't been on a React app yet, so I don't know You know how well it works and and like how he made it work
1: totally i i heard about that one and i kind of saw the demo for it but i didn't use it but i think all of these efforts they solve specifically like one problem which is going from sketch to react we don't need solving these like one-liners this is like it's going to be so much work and stuff like gets outdated and react push an update and all of a sudden that plugin is not working sketch pushes another place all of a sudden we need a tool to build like workflows like uh, here's my stuff in sketch and here's where i want to end with it and maybe not even sketch maybe in paper let's start with that so i have stuff on paper and i want to end with it with the a, 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 like a live product what is the process and right now all of our process is manual like it's like there are stops, but like you basically don't control like where the where you want to actually get off the train, so it's just maybe this analogy is not exactly what I was looking for, but it's more like sketch is one stop and like the paper prototype in one stop, and then the c s s or the swift code is another stop and people building plugins and stuff, they try to make these liaisons between these stops, but you have to use only that liaison that someone made. And if it doesn't work for you, you're toast. And if you wanna change one of these stops, you're you're also toast because you have to change a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, if for instance, tomorrow we say, you know what, we're gonna use Photoshop. So all of a sudden you need another plugin that plugs into photoshop and writes to react and now react is the hot thing so of course you get, we might find that but what if you switch to something less like popular i think the problem is more fundamental than what a lot of people think it is a lot of people think of it as yeah let's just throw plugins extensions hacks it's the, to me these are hacks and they just they will stay hacks i mean i know it's not something i can solve on my own it's something a lot bigger than what i can do but this is something actually I've been thinking a lot about in the last few months because I, you know, I got in a point of my career where I want to eliminate a lot of inefficiencies because I want to enjoy other things more. But a lot of things stand in the way to, you know, like eliminate those inefficiencies. And one of them is the tools and the way we work. I know a lot of people actually are talking about this a lot. Remember the, uh is it Brett Victor? Yep. A lot of his work, I think 2015, 16 was around these things, but on a higher like conceptual level, like building tools that are, that don't work against you, but he took a different kind of angle to it. It's more like building tools that that are malleable, that are more like flexible to the way humans work and not the other way around. That's also another important aspect, but I'm, I'm more interested in the efficiency aspect and also like the it would be nice to have something like a like a Lego system where you can say, yeah, I want this piece and this piece and this piece, and I'll build my own sort of workflow.
0: <laughs> How does that get away from what you said, which I agree, like this plugin architecture? What you were saying is like the plugins are trying to make these connections between pieces instead of having essentially Legos, which are pieces sitting on top of each other, right?
1: exactly so someone gives you three pieces tied together already so you
0: use it or you don't Yeah, I would encourage people to watch those Brett Victor talks and I actually like after this conversation I kind of want to go back and watch them myself because they were very good and the examples that he gives are like super inspiring so I just want to kind of call that out we should put them on the show notes yeah it's interesting that like this whole conversation has come from your frustration with color so like Sketch has gotten really good at, you know, having symbols and shared styles and responsive, responsive design. And I feel like it's becoming a really great tool. One of the things that I noticed, so I started a new project a couple of weeks ago and I off the bat tried to set up my sketch file the way that I would set up my CSS file, which is like, oh, okay, this, this looks like a component. And I started to realize that I was doing so much like early design that like I should just ignore all of that (laughs) stuff until I was in a better place to like feel a lot more confident in the direction that I was headed visually, even like with the content too. Like so I wonder like how our tools can start to build that in as well. Like at the beginning of a project we shouldn't have all of that componentization. Like I feel like it needs to be a lot more free. But as you get to a point where you're talking about where you have multiple people working on the same project, like having sketch files that are neatly organized that you can pass between each other, that they're using concrete styles that you can actually pull in from shared source, like sketch and CSS at least are getting so much closer. Like I feel like (laughs) the jump shouldn't be that hard to make but uh, like i was thinking about too like at the beginning of a front end like where do we need to have a lot of that care applied to organization within a sketch file within css and like are there times when it makes sense to just like not care about that and ship the thing like i'm working on a website that i'm like this is going to be used once. I don't think anyone else is going to touch it. Like, I don't need to care nearly as much about the styles that I'm writing to be maintained by someone else. Like, that importance isn't nearly as important as me just getting it out the door.
1: Yeah. So are you saying that it depends on the situation? Sometimes you don't need to put that kind of care to the source file. or
0: Right. So what I was trying to tie it back to was, was your care about the color. Like, your it sounds like launching it without the exact color wasn't as important but now now you have more time you can kind of dive in and be like where's the inconsistency here and 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 can i make sure that the color that i'm seeing on my mac while i'm designing is the same color that people are going to see on their phone so uh, like i'm just kind of interested in that transition in terms of like a design project of like starting out and being messy all the way to refinement and like where's the best place for each one to happen
1: i guess the way i at least i think about it is we shouldn't touch something until it starts causing us pain so for instance the color thing i didn't touch it before because I, i didn't care much but like one of the designers my designer colleagues walks up to me and say hey this color on the ipad looks off did you pick the right color from sketch and I told him, yes, that's, I, I copy pasted the hexes. I didn't even type them out. So here you can see already that like without a proper like process and without the proper tools, you get misunderstandings, you get confusion. Like which one is our orange? Is this this orange or this orange? Which one is our like official orange? So right now I made the full transition to a product company. And when you work at a product company, you know that this stuff is here to stay. So I can't say, you know what, whatever, pick any orange of the two you like, we'll just roll with it. We need to be precise. Like, here's the orange we want to use, and here's the exact sRGB value for it if you're using it on iPhone or browser. But if you want it on the new iPads with P3, here are the values for that too. So you can get the same color if you have white color on your... Because like now, uh, Apple devices now come with like color management, so for iOS... So if you just copy paste the sRGB values, they're going to look muted if you don't specify correctly what kind of color space this is. But to answer your question, it's more like, is this causing us pain? If the answer is yes, then let's fix it. And I tried to use the symbols and all of that in sketch, but at some point you get a lot of, a lot of craft. Like you iterate six times and then all of a sudden, like all the previous iterations are not as valuable to keep around in that file anymore. So you have to do this thing where like every two months, like create a legacy folder and then move everything to that and like just keep one main file where you have the latest designs. So, I mean, as you know, we a lot of times, like we, we don't work on something long enough to care about some of these things. But now I'm starting to see the struggle that people doing this kind of job have. Is because the tools are broken, so it's hard to keep things in a good shape. The tools are meant for like one-off thing. Like I'll do the design sketch, code it in HTML, ship it and forget about the sketch file. That was like an artifact. And you can think of it as an artifact. That's totally okay. And I used to think of it that way too. But now I don't think of it that way anymore because it's what people keep coming back to when they want to iterate on things. So you can iterate, of course, live on code, but that's not the best approach. Sometimes you want to just try out different styles, different layouts and see how they feel and then you can go and code them. So one of the main things I want to focus on now that we kind of launched we were not making no noise well anyways it's a specialized like product it's not for consumers it's it's for businesses but now i want to focus on on making that foundation at least to an acceptable level so that when we hire new people we don't have to say oh sorry this sketch file is too old don't look at it i was like why is it there then if it's irrelevant yeah and it got me thinking about things that i didn't care about before just because of the nature of like yeah i'm gonna ship the prototype mvp and we do that stuff too we ship mvps but there is still that lingering like the foundation you need to have to build something for the long run
0: have you tried using abstract the like git for sketch with your teammates like that that seems super interesting because like I have the same issue that you're running into, even like on a small scale. Like I've only been working on this project for a couple of weeks now. And like, I have previous iterations and they've actually sparked ideas that are built into the current iteration, like design lines. And so like, I'm very hesitant to get rid of the work that I've done. And I love the idea of essentially having GitHub, but for Sketch. So it's like, I mean, developers do this on a minutely basis, right? Like they keep track of their code and and what's changed and how it's changed over time. I really enjoy the idea that we can do that. I, I haven't really played that much with abstract. Yeah, I'm
1: looking at it actually right now.
0: But doing that with design as well and and deprioritizing the past, but yeah. also not removing it altogether.
1: Yeah. I think I looked at this, at least that's what Google thinks because it's a, a purple color. It seems like
0: still in private alpha,
1: so I'm not sure I want to use a tool that's this early in, in development. Not for something critical, not for production. Right. But it's it sounds at least from the screenshot looks really interesting. They have like a new branch and a merge, so it's actually git. I wonder actually how good it works with, you know, like optimizing The file size of the diff and that sort of stuff, like when you change something, like. But I think Sketch, I think since version forty-one, they have a new file format which is a lot nicer to work with. I haven't taken a really close look at it, but it seems to be optimized for this kind of thing as well. So, all right, I think we had a really good talk today. A a bit too serious. I feel like now I think next time we should just like not talk about anything serious, just mess around for like 30 minutes i don't think it suits us to to speak about serious things serious problems
0: no i think we can leave that for smarter people to solve yeah we can That's just talk about weather and,
1: and, and fridges and and beverages yeah.
0: <laughs> beverages some, some,
1: summer topics <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to talk about code and colors and stuff like that when the weather is good people want to go out
0: and enjoy time yeah. Maybe that's why we're both still inside right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cool. You want to wrap this thing up? Yeah, let's wrap nice it up. Yep, let's do that. Okay. So this is episode 41. You can catch our show notes at tentativefm slash 41. You can catch us on Twitter. I don't know why I'm talking like this. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you sound like a robot. Are you, like, embracing the Ralph personality? I have a fun story for, for after this, and that'll, that'll be, like, our like, after dark. Twitter is tentativefm. Our email is hosts at tentative.fm. And as always, if you enjoyed the show, please rate us on iTunes and
1: see you next time.
0: So this is a true story that you just reminded me of. My son, who is three... I don't know where he thought of this, but he fully believed that when you died, that you you just turned into a robot. So just to you know be a great dad that I am, I told him that I was a robot. He was like, "No!" And I just talked like a robot. Oh my god, that's terrible
1: on on so yeah. many levels. I guess I understand <laughs> why he thinks robots are dead people because to to be fair, they look like dead people, like skeletons. With like you know the eyes and it, it it's it's robots typically look like skeletons so
0: yeah I can get that part <laughs> so I I told him that he should form a cult and that people will listen to him that new religion is out there robotism I don't think so. it's even new I think it exists
1: in Japan already are you serious yeah well in Shintoism at least. I'm not saying everyone believes that, but in, in in traditional Shintoism, like a lot of natural elements have, like they host the spirits of the ancestors, and a robot is just like pieces of metal and plastic, so it's still like a na- like elements from nature, and I, and I think some people have the idea that they they might might actually host the souls of of dead people or ancestors, so. I don't think it's new. I'm 100% sure there's already, like, in every corner of the globe, someone, like, small, like, pockets of
0: of people who believe that. So maybe he belongs to a cult that I didn't know about, and he's, like, surfing the web while I'm asleep. Yeah, probably. Okay, well, I will look into my browser history, and I will talk to you later. Yeah,
1: and take care, Mr. Robot. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.